0: the lord let's do our wednesday night confession let's get it inside of us and uh and, and don't just don't just confess it just to confess it confess it from your heart mean it from your heart uh you know um
1: good to see you miss judy
0: just listening to the holy ghost your mic's a little bit high breathing in it oh sorry probably burping <laughs> in it too that's nice to know (laughs) let's let's confess this from our heart and uh let's mean it with what with everything that we say you know our words create our words create so let's confess this from our heart let's mean it together this This is is my bible Bible. it is always true and the final authority authority. my bible is god talking talking to me me. i I read read this this word daily. daily I meditate on this word day and night.
1: This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit.
0: I am the child of God. I have the mind of Christ.
1: God's thoughts are my thoughts, God's words are my words,
0: and God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Well, I had two different things stirring in my spirit, and I wasn't sure, but, which way to go. So we're just going to rabbit trail this one direction, and then we'll get into the other direction. We're going to take care of both of them. Uh Uh-huh. Um, uh, but let's uh, pray, and then we'll go from there. Um, Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your word and for your direction. And, Father, we ask that you give every single person within the sound of our voice that hears this message live or hears it later, Father, that you'd give them the spirit of wisdom, revelation, and knowledge, that this word would penetrate um, with the, as the two-edged sharp sword that it is, and that it would pierce beyond the mental mind and, and pierce between and, and separate the physical, the soul and the spirit and get down into the heart of each and every man and woman. And Father, that it would per, that it would uh, uh, begin to produce a harvest in their life. And Father, I know part of the word is going to bring correction tonight, but Father, we don't get upset and don't get in condemnation over it. Father, we just simply repent and move and, and make the, the, the change and make the correction, and we thank you for it because we know that you're pointing this out to us to help us, not to condemn us. And, Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. And all of God's people said? Amen. Amen and amen. Ephesians t- uh, six ten. I really don't even have to have you look at it, but you do need to look at it. You need to put your eyes on it. You need to see it with your own eyes. You need to see it so that you can know uh, that this is God talking to you. Now, remember, the Bible's always true and the final authority. And uh, the Bible is always the place that we go when we're struggling. And so when you're having a hard time with what seems like people, you need to remember this scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not, don't be strong in yourself. Don't be strong in your own personal mental will and ability. But be strong in the Lord Jesus and in the power of his might. How much do you know that the Lord is mightier and power, more powerful than you? And so you've got to tap into that. You know, that's where you've got to kind of sometimes just take a deep breath and say, Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. Put on the whole armor of God. And and then he goes on and he tells us why to put on the armor. He said that you may be able to see stand against the wiles of the devil every single day the devil's coming at you just let it be known every single day i don't care how perfect your walk is i don't care if you rise up early and you spend time with the father in deep prayer praying in the spirit and then praying out all your natural prayers and you spend time in the word and You're walking in love everywhere you go and you're doing everything right, you're sowing seeds and you're just perfect everything's just going perfectly for you. I mean, you just got it all your ducks in a nice little row, the devil's coming after you. That's just the way it's gonna be. The devil's coming. But we but even though he's coming, that doesn't mean you're not without defense. He said, because remember, he told us, he said, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then he proceeds to tell us how to do that. Put on the armor of God. But don't put on just all of it. Don't just put on bits and pieces of it. Put on all of it. Pastor Mike's, you know, kind of in this phase right now where he's watching a lot of uh, memes. You know, not I shouldn't say a lot, but he just goes through and watches several little clips and things. Um. And uh, there was one that popped up the other day, and they were—it was like two guys like acting like they're podcasting or whatever—and they made the comment that uh, most Christians are running around naked, but with only the shield of salvation on, which they ain't got nothing on, but the—I the, but the, mean, but the helmet of salvation—that's all they got on. Um, but how much, you know? Jesus said to put on, or the Holy Spirit through Paul said, put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tactics or the attacks of the devil. Amen. The attacks of the devil. And and basically what's coming is an attack. He said, but we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Your problem is not
1: people. It's not your neighbor. It's not your brother. It's it's not 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 your your customer at work. It's not your mama.
0: It's not your customer (laughs) at work. It's not your fellow student. It's not your co-worker, whatever. In other words, uh, he said here. He said our problem is not people. So when you're looking at people and you're thinking, "Well, people are my problem," you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. Well, <laughs> Pastor, that's rude. No, 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 no. We think according to the Bible, this is our brain, and our our physical brain wants us to get emotional about people, but the Bible told us our problem is not people. Our problem is not our spouse, our problem is not our children, our problem is not our dog or our cat, our problem isn't our boss or our coworker or the customer, uh, that's not our problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. In other words, there's devils and demons of high rank up in the up in the spiritual realm that are sending smaller demons out to be a thorn in your side, like Paul had. Paul didn't have a sickness or an ailment in his body. The the Bible is very clear what what the thorn of the side was. The thorn in his side was was devils and was a messenger. Sent to buffet him from Satan. It was a messenger of Satan. It was one of these principalities, one of these powers, one of these rulers of darkness was assigned to Paul to cause Paul problems. To cause Paul problems. Well, guess what? Paul is not unique.
1: Not at we all. are
0: all assigned devils and demons to buffet us to come against us, to cause problems, to stir up things. So, so right before your customer comes in to see you, these principalities and these um, powers are sitting on their shoulders. Like the old cartoons you had, the devil sitting on one shoulder and the angel sitting on the other shoulder, and they're both murmuring in the ear. You know, there's more biblical truth to that than people realize. But these principalities are sitting on these, sitting on people whispering in their ears, and saying, oh, if you're gonna, they're gonna, y- your credit card's not gonna go through. You're not gonna get to make the payment that you need to get the, uh, to, get whatever it is you need. Get your car fixed. Buy the clothes you need. Get the medical care you need. Oh, to get the the grade in the class you need. But blah, blah 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 blah. And he's just putting all these thoughts in people's minds to get them all stirred up and turned up before they ever even come in contact with you. Well, but Pastor, they're sitting on their shoulder. That's getting them riled up. So that spirit's going against them. No, that spirit's getting them riled up to come against you, to come against you. And so he, so when somebody comes and they get you riled up and stirred up, you need to immediately recognize, hey, uh, this person's not my problem. They've been listening to the. What I need to do is show them some love. I need to show them some Jesus. And honestly, when they're being blah, 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 let me tell you what's, let me, let me, let me, holy ghost. Let me just tell you, if you're having that kind of problem with people, it's because you're not using your authority.
1: And you're not putting on your entire armor of God.
0: You're not using your authority. Let me tell you what, I don't have problems with people unless I fail to use my authority because I command and declare that no demon or devil will be able to operate in my presence. I don't have problems with people like I used to have. In fact, I go walking through places and I get great favor with people. Uh, people smile at me and greet me and talk to me beautiful, you know, just sweet and kind and everything. Why? Because I'm, <laughs> the devils and demons, you're not operating around me. I, when I come into a room, I plan to bring peace. I don't plan, plan to bring the works of Satan. You know, so you've got authority in Jesus' name. And you've got to use it. He said, Wherefore, take on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Now, I'm not going to go over each one of these individually, because this is the side message, remember? Right. Uh, But it said, Take on the whole armor. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. Well, what is the truth? Well, what is truth? Well, a good way to start your day with truth is pull out the new Confession. Thought I had a yeah. A good way to start your day in truth is just to start off saying, I am the image of God. I'm very good. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm flesh and spirit. Go down through that thing. What are you doing? You're starting your day, putting your day on what is the truth of God. The truth of God is I'm then set free. I've been made a child of God. There's nothing that the devil can do against me. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Now, it doesn't mean that you won't get battle damage, but it means that it's not going to prosper. It doesn't mean it's going to, that it's going to bring the fullness of the attack to you. Um, but he says, uh, stand therefore having your loins gird about with truth. What's the truth? Emmanuel is with me. God is with me everywhere I go, whatever I'm dealing with. When somebody's in your face, go, nah, 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 just, and Jesus, you got me? Okay, 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 Jesus, tell me what to do. You've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside. That's truth. And it's got to be wrapped around you so much so that you don't forget it. How much do you know? Um, I just saw the picture of it. It's a life preserver wrapped around you. The truths of God. When people are coming against you, what's the truth? God's on my side. Nothing that comes against me is going to prosper. What's the truth? You've got to begin to look at what is truth. Um, Having the breastplate of righteousness. Listen, you've got this breastplate. It protects all your vital organs. That's what the breastplate does is it protects the vital organs of the body. And so when the devil comes, listen here, roadrunner, when the when the devil comes against you with you're sorry you stink you can't do anything you're just no good you're nothing but a mistake uh, that weapon is trying to hit vital organs that 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 weapon is trying to do vital damage to your self-image so that's where your breastplate of righteousness has to go uh-uh I am the righteousness of God. I'm in right standing with God. I'm the justified of God. I'm, you know, you've got to begin to, you've got to, begin to stand and say, uh, when he says, oh, you're just an old sinner saved by grace. No, I was an old sinner, and I was saved by grace, but now I'm the righteousness of God, and I'm a saint. I am no longer an ain't. You've got to begin to declare these things. He says, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Everywhere we go, we should be preaching Christ. Everywhere we go, well, if you go preaching Christ everywhere you go, you're going to cause a whole lot of people to flee you. What I'm going to cause to flee from me are the people being ruled and reigned by devils and demons.
1: Unfortunately, that's a lot of them.
0: And honestly, if they don't want to hear truth, well, I'm sorry for them. But I'm not going to forsake who I am and what I have because they don't like the goodness of the gospel. I'm just not going to do it. He said, and above all, taking the shield of faith, that shield of faith, what does the shield do? The shield stops the fiery darts. The shield stops the attacks. In other words, when your body's set, when so, you're, you're walking through the store and somebody says, oh, it's flu season, put your shield of faith up. Father, I thank you, God, that no sickness can touch me. Amen. Because the blood of Jesus covers me. When you go, when, when, that, when that first symptom hits, Father, I thank you that the blood of Jesus covers me and that sickness cannot grab a hold of me and that sickness cannot remain. What do you do? And you're putting that shield of faith up. When, when you go to the, when you go to the, to the, to the store and you've and you got to buy some groceries and your bank account says um, there ain't enough money in there, Father, I thank you that you have supplied all my needs According to your riches and glory. When you go to the gas pump and you say, and the gas pump starts to talk to you because the price is so high, you say, Father, I thank you that I have more than enough because you, you take care of me. You've got to begin to put up that shield of salvation, or that shield of faith, I mean. Wherewith shall you be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked? That's the whole purpose of your shield of faith, is when things come at you, when fire darts come at you, you immediately speak faith and your shield goes up. Immediately. Take, and take the helmet of salvation. How much do you know? What is the helmet of salvation? That thing covers the head, it covers the ears, it covers the frontal part of the face, the, 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 the bones and the, and the nose that are so vital. And can do so much damage if they get moved into the wrong places. how much it covers all of that well but it, it, and it's wrapped in your salvation. I'm a child of the living God. I'm a resident of heaven this i'm I'm just visiting i'm just that's your salvation. you've got to have that thing protecting you. you know when pressure comes, you've got to pop what should pop out of you is thank God Jesus is on my side. I can't tell you how many times. I literally cannot count how many times I have been in an atmosphere where you could just feel the demonic pressure, oppression. I mean, you could just feel the pressure and the people around you could feel the pressure and they would and they just you could just hear just the depression and the fear just trembling out of their mouth. And I mean, you could, and I just look at them and I'd say, "You know what? I don't, I don't know how this is all going to work out, but I know Jesus is on my side. And instantly, what am I talking about? That's my helmet of salvation. I'm bringing that protection into play. And all of a sudden, it breaks that demonic influence. And all of a sudden, they go, oh, yeah, Jesus is on my side. Woo, thank you, Father. You know, And you start to have a little bit of Holy Ghost dance, and what does that do? That light comes on the scene, and it pushes out the darkness. That's the benefit of the shield of or the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the spirit spoken word of God, the spirit spoken word. There's a big difference. I know a lot of people uh, and I've been around a lot of people that uh, and, and it's a good thing to do. Don't get me wrong. It's a good thing to do that will religiously read their Bible all the way through, cover to cover, every single year. But it's nothing more than words on a page to them. Nothing more. And when they begin to proclaim Scripture, you can tell from talking to them that there's no life to it. It's just words on a page. They're just reciting words. But then I've been around people that only know a little bit of Scripture, but they've got so much Faith in them that you just have a Holy Ghost shout in the moment. Why? Because it's spoken by the Spirit. And then when I was just talking about those dark situations where I'll just kind of, I'll just, I mean, you just feel the oppression and I get quiet and I'll say, Holy Ghost, how do, what what can I say? What can I do? And I'll hear the Holy Spirit say, Emmanuel. Or he'll say, aren't you glad I'm with you? And I'll go. Whoo! I don't know much, but I know God's on my side. And all of a sudden, it'll just light will just rush in and break that darkness off. Why? Because it's spirit spoken word. That's the sword of the spirit. It's not just scriptures. Listen, Miss Ann and Miss uh, Linda, they go into the jail weekly, and I'll go in for them every. I'll go in either for them or with them every, a few times a year. And uh, I'm telling you what those inmates. Most of them were raised in the churches around here. Most of them have earned all the badges and everything. They can quote the scripture up in, I mean, quote it inside and out, quote it better honestly than I can most of the time. I'm not lying. They can quote it, but it doesn't mean anything to them. It doesn't bring change to their life. Miss Ann was just telling me they got one little girl in there uh, that was just, they said, you could tell. She didn't have Jesus. Talking about all her exploits and everything she was doing, just on and 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 on, and, on, and, on and, and oh, God, this, and oh, God, that, and da, 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 da. But just talking about her sinner life uh, that she'd been raised in. And um, the finally, they just got bold in the Holy Ghost, and they just said, do you have Jesus in your heart? And she said, oh, yeah, 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 I got Jesus. I got Jesus when I was a young kid. I was raised with Jesus. Yeah, but do you have him in your heart? Looked at her eye to eye. Listen to the words come out of my mouth. Do you have Jesus in your heart? And, they, and the little girl looked at him and said, what's that? What's that? And so they took her to the scriptures over in Romans that you've got to believe in your heart, not in your head. And they got her truly born again. Truly born again. And a little while later, she got out of jail. Well, now here she's back in. Well, I thought you said she got truly born again. Oh, she did. Oh, she did. Listen to this testimony. It's amazing. Prior to getting truly born again, as soon as she'd get out of jail, she'd go partying and drinking and drugging. As soon as she walked out the door, this time she made it four days. Four. Days. Now, that may not sound much to you, but for somebody that would go to it as soon as she'd leave the jail, four days is a victory when that's the only thing she's known. And she said... Four day, I made it four days, and she said, and I, she said and i got to I don't remember if she was drinking or drugging or both, but she said she got to do, huh She was drugging she was getting to getting high, and she said, as she was sitting there getting high, she said all of a sudden tears began to run down her cheeks, and she began to to uh be remorseful and sorrowful and grieved. That she had allowed herself to do this, and she went home and told her granddaddy, "I don't, I, I, I don't know why I did it. I, I don't know why. I know Jesus is with me. I know Jesus. How much you know? That is a truly repentant heart. She's got that salvation working with her. And so, and so, the, the, the she she told the girl. She said, "I wasn't going to come to church because I made a mess of it." And they sat down with her and they explained repentance to her, true repentance they looked at her and said honey your salvation is not that fragile and they said next time you'll go 8 days or more days you might go 5 days you might go 8 days you might go 4 weeks but it'll get better and better if every time you that you 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 get that you just be quick to respond and and and, they, and she said really see she's learning she's learning see that's true repentance that's true new birth but in, but what she's got to do is she's got to learn how to put on this. Um, she's got to put on the new man. She's got to learn how to have the armor about her. She got to learn to have the word in her. And so I told I told Miss Anne when she was telling me this testimony. I said, "You make sure when you and Miss Linda get back in there, and you you I said you drill it into her that when she gets out, that she gets into a church that'll teach her the word and won't just accept her in her sin." And, uh, I mean, they'll love her and accept her, but they'll help her get out of it. I said, you just get, I said, just drive that into her. And they said, well, we're on it. I said, okay. And I know they are. They don't need me to tell them that. But, you know, you just, you just got, you got a heart for these people to get set free.
1: Now, I want you to pay attention here in verse 10 where she started. It said, now, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So we're supposed to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And we're supposed to put on the whole armor of God. Now, why? Why are we supposed to do this? Well, it goes on to say, it says, that ye, might, that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Does it say we have to go out and defeat the devil? No. Nope. No, it doesn't say that. And why doesn't it say that? Because it's, he's already defeated.
0: He's already defeated. He's already
1: he's been defeated. It's already done. He's already lost. Mm-hmm. All we have to do is stand against the devil and, and enforce that defeat with the authority given to us by the name of Jesus. All we have to do is not get distracted from what our duty is, which is to stand, not defeat. He's already defeated. Right. We don't have to take on that battle. It, now it says we and then it goes on and it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It doesn't say we battle not against flesh and blood. It says we wrestle not.
0: Now wrestling will get you a workout.
1: Now, now wrestling will get you a workout, but it's no battle.
0: Mm-mm.
1: You know, this is not a battle. We don't have to defeat the devil. Mm-mm. He's already defeated.
0: No, nope, we just got to stay We in don't the rain. have
1: to We just have to stand our ground and not get distracted. And and the, and the and the way we do that is by putting on the whole armor of God. Because that is the protection of God. That is the 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 shield of that's God's protection that he's promised us, but we have to put it on. We have to pick it up and we have to put it on wow. daily. The Roman soldiers when they had to put on their armor, they didn't just do it once a month or once a week, or once a year, or yeah. just when a battle was coming and they knew it, they put it on every day. Yep. Yep. And and by putting it on every day, they practiced with it every day yeah. in everything they did. Yeah. And by doing it in everything they did, when it came to an actual battle or a wrestle, mm-hmm. they, they, were they were very proficient at it, and they were the best soldiers that ever were,
0: yeah.
1: bar none. Yeah.
0: Notice verse 18. A lot of times we're talking about pray about the armor we stop at verse 17 but i want you to notice verse 18 because verse 18 is is how you practice battling how you stay prepared in the battle it said praying always praying always you know this is praying about every situation you know when somebody's get working your last nerve get quiet get still for half a second and just say holy ghost help That's prayer. And then get quiet and listen. And he'll tell you exactly how to handle the situation. He'll tell you exactly how to handle it. While you're dealing with something or somebody, you know, there's something going on. As soon as you can start praying in the Spirit, start praying in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will tell you what to do. The Holy Ghost will calm the flesh so that you can think clearly. Praying always with all prayer. That means praying in English and in your spiritual language. And supplications, making requests unto God. In, notice it says praying with all prayer and supplications in, in the, the Spirit. Spirits. In the Spirit. That's the key. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplications for all saints.
1: And that watching is remaining alert.
0: Looking for those fiery darts coming. So this was the side journey. This was the side journey. So I just want to remind you, as we step into 2023, as we step into this, uh, the place that God has for us, we're going to have to be very proficient in putting on the armor of God. We're going to have to be very proficient in controlling our thoughts, our feelings, and our emotions. We're going to have to be very proficient in recognizing that we're dealing with spirit more than we're dealing with flesh. And that can be hard to remember because we're looking at flesh But all flesh is influenced by spirit. Christians are influenced by spirit. When you lose your witness, it's either your flesh is taking control or your flesh is under the influence of demonic spirits. It happens. Uh, And then you've got the people out there that don't know Jesus. Uh, They're definitely influenced by the flesh and demonic spirits. So you've got to stay ever vigilant.
1: And the first part of the battle, of course, is recognizing that you're not fighting against flesh and blood. That's it. So when that customer or that person or that student's getting on your last nerve, you have to go, Lord, help me to see that this person is one of your children. Yes. Uh, no matter what they're doing, no matter what words are coming out of their mouth, they're still one of your children. Yes. And I should treat them that way. Yes. And, and, and help me to love them the way you would love me. Yep. And now, if you do that, that's a, that's a powerful prayer. And, and, the, and the Lord will respond.
0: Now, let's get to tonight's message. And it's a brief because I only had a scripture or two. Uh, but the question that the Lord asks, or I want to ask you uh, from the Lord is, are you believing? Are you believing? Um, and that sounds weird, but as Christians, you know, somebody will say, you know, we commonly uh, will ask people, well, are you a believer? Right? Or we'll, we're talking to people, you know, you find out somebody loves Jesus. you go, Oh, I'm a, you, we, don't, we don't tend to say I'm a Christian. We say, oh, I'm a believer. But if you're a believer, are you actively believing Jesus first off? I believe, and we've talked about this with some of y'all a lot. Um, it seems like uh, as you, once you get past that new birth period, it seems like obtaining your prayers becomes very difficult seems like they take a lot longer. It seems like you have to do a lot more. It's, it it kind of seems like a lot of work. But the question is, and, and, and this is what the Lord asked, He said, "Are my people believing? A lot of times once you get some age as a Christian, we don't even realize it, but we stop believing for things. We, we kind of have them in, you know if somebody and I'm not trying to put anybody on, on the spot, and so don't ask this out loud, but if I came to you personally, for example, if I personally said, "Derek, what do you believe in the Lord for?" Most of the time, the response is like "Cowden Newgate," like, and I'm not saying Derek specifically, I'm just saying people in general, just in general. Are you believing?" They kind of look at you. You know it used to be common practice, and I believe we'll get back to these days that um, either at the beginning or the end of the church service, the congregation would come to the altar and pray. And then when they would, when they would do that, Kenneth Hagin, uh, Reverend Kenneth Hagin, several other ministers did this, but I, I know his, he's talked about it a lot. Uh, but he would walk amongst his congregation, and he would ask them, what do you believe in God for? And they kind of, as many of them would kind of stutter and say, well, not much. And he'd say, well, that's exactly what you're going to get. Not much. Not much. You know, uh, some people would have a laundry list and, you know, and, okay, well, good, that's good, you're actively believing. Uh, Some people would say, uh, you know, he'd say, well, what what are you up here praying about? Well, stuff. (laughs) Well, as you're going to get, stuff, you know. You know, they kind of look at him and go, well, uh, uh, I, I, I don't, you know. And so the question, and this is very common. Every once in a while, I'll throw it at somebody. Hey, what do you believe in God for? And the look on their face is like total fear, fear and shock. And oh, my pastor's asking me religious questions. This is not good. I don't know why. Why? <laughs> because, but if you ask the new believer, well, what do you? I'm believing for a new job. I'm believing for a better. I'm believing for how house. I'm believing for a car. I'm, I'm a believing. Car. I'm believing for my stuff. I'm. You know. I mean, they just start popping stuff off, and you're like. Whoa, Nellie, you might be out there on some deep water. But look at look at Revelations chapter 2. Uh, here, John, this is the revelation that John got. He He got caught up in the Spirit, and he saw a lot of things and perceived a lot of things. And through part of it, Jesus actually spoke to him. And so these are the words of Jesus, and he's talking about... Uh, these seven churches, and he's talking about the seven candlesticks and the, and the seven angels, and that has to do with the anointings on the church and what have you. And then Jesus begins to talk to him about the seven churches. These, are se- these were the seven churches that were very prominent in John's day um, that had, and each one of these seven churches had a different issue. Every one of them had a different issue. I, I don't remember who I was talking to the other day, but I said something like, if, if Jesus addressed the church of America today, like we would probably get everything that all seven churches listed and more, if you, if you address the church universal in America. Um, and then I said, you know, but, but let's, let's put this just down on our church. What would he say? You know, and I, I'm not real sure, and I'm not saying he's saying this, but he did remind me of this. Let's pick up right here in chapter 2, verse 1. He speaks to the church at Ephesus. It was your road runner. Now it's just mine. Yep,
1: now it's yours. Okay, well. I'll turn my sound off.
0: I'll work on that while you read
1: All right. this church. Chapter 2, verse 1. Unto the angel of the church of, e- of Ephesus write These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil and how thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and hast found them liars.
0: So he's listing what the church of Ephesus has done right. He said, I know your works. Um, I know how you can't bear um, them which are evil. In other words, you're not just getting along with them that are evil. You're calling them out. Um, and that thou hast uh, tried uh, them that say there. In other words, they're identifying false doctrine. They're identifying... So this church is doing some things right. Let's keep going.
1: "...and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake hast labored, and hast not fainted."
0: So they've, they've, they've dealt with some pressure, they've been patient, they're laboring, they're not getting tired in good doing... They're getting some things right.
1: Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent.
0: Now, the candlesticks actually represent the anointing in the church. When Michael and I, by the instruction of the Holy Ghost, established Disciples House, we were actually in another church. We were doing pastoral aid. We were the right-hand people of the pastors. However, the candlestick, the anointing of God had been removed from those pastors. Um, There was no anointing. The entire congregation, each person individually was praying, Dear God, please release us. Very committed people. They were doing everything that was right. God, please release us. But the anointing had been pulled from the church, from the pastors. And so Jesus said this. He said about this church at Ephesus. He said, yes, this church overall in general, you're doing some things right, but this one thing you have failed to do is you have have left your first love. love. What is your first love? Jesus. Who did you love first? Jesus. How much do you know? You fell in love with Jesus before you even understood there was a Father and a Holy Ghost. You fell in love with just the goodness of God. You fell in love with the forgiveness of God. You found out that you had authority, might, and power you found, uh, you found out that you could get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You found out that you could speak in a heavenly language and talk to the Father. You found out that you could ask the Father anything in the name of Jesus, and he would provide it for you, and he did. You found out that you could command things in the name of Jesus, and they had to respond. And, and you were on fire. You were going after God with everything in you. Your life was consumed. you spent time in your prayer closet. you spent time in your word. you spent time reading the word. and it was exciting to you. It was not religious duty. And he said, now, and so basically what he got on to Ephesus was for was you're just going through the checklist. That's what he got on him for. You're not doing the you're not serving me from your heart. You're doing the checklist. It's really what he said. And he said, if you don't repent and you don't get back to your old ways and you don't start doing this from the heart instead of being so concerned with checking the boxes, I'm going to remove my anointing. That's what he said. Now, he's talking to the church overall, but how much do you know if he'll remove it from a church, he'll remove it from an individual. He'll remove it from an individual. In fact, he'll remove, from a pastoral standpoint, he'll remove the anointing from the pastors before he'll remove the anointing from the church. That's why sometimes, that's, see, in our situation, the anointing had been removed from the pastor and from the ministry, which is why we had to close the old ministry We had to completely close it. We had to completely shut it down. We had to completely get rid of everything, let the congregation that remained heal, and then we had to move them into a brand-new ministry with a brand-new anointing. In fact, those of you that were here, the day that we took the congregation, even though the congregation didn't know that that's what was occurring, the Lord brought ministers in. Remember, he brought in... Uh, Pastor Tony and his son, and his and, and his, Pastor Tony knew what was going on, but his son didn't have a clue, remember? And his son flowed in a Holy Ghost anointing of joy, and there was a power, the power of the Holy Ghost was in the house like it had not been in many, many years. In fact, there were demons in the house, and the demons couldn't even act or move. There was so much power that day. Uh, so, um, uh, so, so, and I, and I just sat in the front row and the chair and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the Lord and I, because I'm aware of what's happening, uh, from a natural standpoint that, oh boy, we've got Holy Ghost going on. We're fixing to have a devil manifestation. This is, um, and I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I said, uh, Lord, what are you doing? And I didn't hear an audible voice, but it might as well have been. And the Lord said this. He said, I'm establishing Disciples House Ministry in the Spirit today. And I'm placing the anointing of joy and the power and the authority of Jesus in this house and in the ministry of Disciples House today. And so we celebrate the birth of the ministry on August 4th, not on August 22nd, which is when the IRS found out about us and approved us. Why? Because we follow, the, we follow uh, the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost anointing and, and not, and not uh, man's anointing, man's approval. So I, I said all of that to say you've got to, if, if God will remove it off of a church, he'll remove it off of your life. So a lot of Christians are, are lacking that new birth anointing, that new birth, uh, that word anointing means power of God. That's what anointing means it's the power of God. A lot of Christians are, are missing that anointing that new birth anointing because they've gotten complacent because they've gotten into checklist mode because they've gotten into uh, a, away from loving Jesus the way that they are to love him. Uh, let's go to John fourteen. did you have somewhere you were going? Not this time not okay at the not at the moment John fourteen. John 14, are you believing? Now, this is Jesus speaking, and Jesus is talking a lot. Um, And here, Jesus is saying, verily, verily. Now, we've been doing some studying, and we found out recently that in the Greek language, when they repeat a Greek word, it actually adds more power. Like it becomes like double powerful. So when Jesus says, verily, verily, and I have always said this, when Jesus says, verily, verily, it's like calling, it's like mama calling you or daddy calling you by your first, middle, and last name. We, you know, I've always said, it's like Jesus is saying, Robbie Sean Williams, pay attention. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Don't make me call you by first, middle, and last name, and I know, I know a lot of y'all so don't make me do it. No, you didn't. Uh, But notice he said, verily, verily, he's calling you by first, middle, last name. He wants your attention. He said, I say unto you. He said, pay attention to what I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Have you ever had your parents say that? Called you by your first, middle, last name and said, listen here, I'm telling you. How much you know at that moment, your ears are like, I'm up, I'm listening, I'm looking. And if they tell you, look me in the eye, how much you're really paying attention then? Well, that's basically what Jesus was doing. And he said, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater, take out works, and greater, because it's italicized, and greater than these shall he or she do. Because I go to the Father. Now, there's been a whole lot of debate what Jesus meant by that. Some people say, well, he meant that because there'd be more of us doing the same kind of stuff. And he said, and then other people said, well, he meant bigger miracles. And some people will say, well, he's talking about from a spiritual standpoint, not a natural standpoint. Now, wait a minute. Well, wait a minute. I think we ought to take Jesus at his word and he said, He that does what? Believe. Believes. What does that word believe mean? It means an unwavering trust. An unwavering trust. If you will have an unwavering trust, an unwavering trust on me, Jesus, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Now remember, oh, I love the Holy Ghost hot off the wire. Remember, in this situation, he had not yet been to the cross. Remember, the Holy Spirit in its full measure was on Jesus. But after he went to the cross, every devil and demon had been defeated. After he went to the throne of heaven, that he made a show of them openly. After he had bended the cross, he applied his blood to the mercy seat. After all of that was done, he was seated on his throne, and every name that was named was placed under his feet. How much do you know? Greater works. Greater works. And not only was the Holy Spirit on him, but the Holy Spirit in a measure is in us. So just like the Holy Spirit led Jesus, the Holy Spirit can lead us. Just like the Holy Spirit uh, helped Jesus to heal the sick and cast out devils and demons and do all kinds of mighty works, walked on the water. How much do you know? Peter walked on the water before Jesus went to the cross. Before he went to the cross. Why? Because his eyes were on Jesus. If we'll put our eyes on Jesus, we can do, he said, not only will we do the same works, but we'll actually do greater works. If Jesus fed 5,000 with a few, piece, with a few fish and a few uh, pieces of bread, how many more should we be able to feed if we'll put our eyes on him, if we'll do it in him? If Jesus can cast out demons, how much do you know? We can cast out demons in his name. He said, and whatsoever, the thought, Jesus didn't stop talking. He's still saying, verily, verily, whatsoever you shall ask in my name. Now, watch this very carefully. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, I will do. That the Father in that that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do. Jesus is still doing the work. It's Jesus that does the work. Listen to me. It's not you. You got to. We got to get this through our head. It's not you. It's not me. I'm not doing the work. It's Jesus doing the work through me. I love how, I think it was uh, Smith Wigglesworth said this. He said, he reaches up his hand to heaven. God reaches his hand down to him. Smith Wiggles reaches his hand out to the sick. And God, through him, heals the sick. The sick praise God and raises hands up to God. And he said, that's the circle of life. That's the circle of life. It's not cute, honey. It's the power of God. It's beyond cute. It's the power of God. Why? Because we're just a conduit. We're just a vessel. We're just an extension of Jesus.
1: An that, extension of. And Smith Wigglesworth said that way before that movie ever came out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's, just, it's, it's an extension of. We are an extension. This is what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, if you'll firmly trust upon me then you will be in an extension of me and will continue the work of the Father so that the Father is glorified. Now, what types of things can you ask in Jesus' name? Well, anything. Any name that's named has to bow. Any name that's named has to bow. I've used the name of Jesus on my dogs. I've used the name of Jesus on my relatives that were acting like the devil. I have. I have, absolutely. I've had relatives acting like the devil, just throwing fit, being verbally just ugly and rude. And I just got in their face and said, shut up and get out in the name of Jesus. And guess what? They couldn't get out fast enough. Why? Because it wasn't me. I wasn't being ugly. I was being rude. They were being influenced dramatically by devils and demons, and we weren't putting up with that. How much you know Jesus didn't put up with that? Jesus didn't put up with that. I have used the name of Jesus on vehicles. Have I not? And on drivers of vehicles. I, I I tell them, if I'm driving, there's somebody slow. In the name of Jesus, Father, move them. And he does. They might move back, but they get out of the way again. I have. I have. I've commanded deers to stay on the side of the road. In the name of Jesus, you will not jump out in front of me. Oh, well, that's just your headlights. No, baby, my headlights were out of their eyes by then. You will not move in the name of Jesus. Why? This word, ask, is if you will command. ...commanded demons, you will not manifest. You will not move. You will not operate in this house. In Jesus' name. I've commanded my phone when it landed in the water to work. <laughs> in the name of Jesus, you will work and all the water will come out. My phone worked for like three more years. And it had taken many water baths. Many, many water baths. Many, many. Uh, and I just, yeah every time... See, we've got to understand that every name that is named. I have commanded sicknesses off of people. Just laid hands on them and said. What did the Bible say? Jesus said, they'll know you're my disciples when you lay hands on them, and then they shall recover. Every time I pray for somebody, I always pray for the immediate miracle. Every time. I will pray for the immediate miracle. Father, we'll take the freedom right now in Jesus' name. Father, we'll take the brand-new heart Right now, in Jesus' name. Father, we command the staff infection to leave immediately, in Jesus' name. Father, we command the sickness, the cancer, to die immediately, in Jesus' name. Why? Because he said, if I'll command it, he'll do it. And every name that's named is under him.
1: Amen. Now. Now, okay. I want you to notice in verse 15, it says, so he just told us to believe uh you know, that we would do, this, do the same things, works he had done and in, in greater. And that, that as long as we believe in him and and ask these things in his name, that the, that he'd do it, right? So and, uh, so, and it says, if you ask any, in 14, it says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, of course, the limitation is it can't be against God's will. Right, but if which, you're
0: in Jesus, you're not going to pray something against exactly, God's will.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, if 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 you're gonna have, if you're gonna pray for something against God's will, then you're not completely in Jesus, anyways. Right, you're but, you're, you're so, not abiding. And then in verse fifteen, it says, "If ye love me, keep my commandments." <laughs> so he now just, like he, just told, he just told us that we're gonna that that we that if well he's he's told us to the, do this that that if that his followers will follow after him. They, yeah. In other words, they will do the same things he's that he does. So yep. he's commanding us to do these things. Yep. And, he, and he's saying that if we do, and if we believe, that it's going to happen.
0: Yep. Now let's go to John 16, verse 23. 16, 23. Jesus talked for a while. Then the people responded and asked another question. Jesus begins to explain some things again. And then Jesus says this. He said in verse uh, 23.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you.
0: Now, some people say, see, the Bible just contradicted itself. No, 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 no. These are two different types of prayers. These are two types of asking. Here he said, if you'll ask, if you'll ask, um, or whatsoever, he said, verily, verily, pay attention. Whatsoever you shall ask or request or make a supplication for of the Father, who's going to fulfill it? The Father. He said, ask the Father in my name. So you're still applying the name of Jesus, but this time you're going to the Father, and it says, who will give you? Who will give it to you? He will. The Father will. What's the difference? The difference is there's certain things that you can command, and then there's things that you, can, that you have to ask for. How much do you know? I can't go driving down the road and look at a house and go, I command that house to become in my ownership. Right. Can't be driving down a car, driving down the road and see a really nice ride and be like, I command that car to get in my driveway and in my name. Because it belongs to somebody Because it belongs to somebody else. But how much, you know, I can drive down the road and go, Lord, that's a really nice house. I'd like to have a house like that someday in the name of Jesus. And guess what? He'll get you a house like that. Father, wow, that's a really sweet ride. I, I, they probably have a bill on it, but I would like one better, like that or better than that. But I'd like for it to be paid for, Lord.
1: Great how much, job. you know, uh,
0: in the name of Jesus. How much, you know, that's requesting. That's requesting. And so when we're making things, when there's things that we have to, that we can't simply command To get in line with the Father's will. Then we have to request it of the Father. But so my question for you tonight. Is are you commanding things. Because Jesus was very sincere in telling us. um, Are you commanding. Are you commanding. Things to get in line. Are you commanding the devils and demons. To stay out of your office. Are you commanding. Devils and demons. to, To not operate in your presence. Are you commanding your body to get up and move in Jesus' name, right? Because guess what? Jesus has redeemed our body. He took, are you commanding sickness out of your body? Because guess what? Uh, Jesus paid the price. Jesus took every sickness. I don't care what name the doctors put on it. It has no right to your body. Are you commanding that sickness to go? Now, check this out. I've learned this one. Here's one that will take you some years. I'll save you a whole bunch of time. When you command it to go, command it to never return. Command it to never return. Die from the root and to never return. Because a lot of times people will command things to go. In fact, Brother Randy talked about that when uh, Randall was a baby. and he and, and it's a very involved story, but basically what was occurring was there was a demon attacking Randall as a baby and causing him to have seizures. And brother and, and the Lord had revealed this to him, and so when Randall would have a seizure, Brother Randy would rush to him, lay his hands on him, and command the demon to go and for the seizure to stop. And immediately it would, and Randall would begin to laugh. And And he kept having to do this. Well, all of the and Dad H- Kennedy Hagen knew nothing about it. They hadn't talked to him about it. They hadn't told him anything about it. Randy had brother Randy had not told Dad Hagen what was going on or anything. And I, I think I think if I remember correctly, how the account goes, they were in a minister's fellowship after one of the services, and Randall was there in his car seat, you know, just being kept. And they were kind of doing their fellowships and what have you. And Dad was sitting over in the chair, just sitting and watching everybody and kind of interacting here and there and what have you. And uh, all of a sudden, Dad Hagen called for Brother Randy, Miss Patty, and said, bring the baby. Bring the baby. And so they brought little Randall over to him. They thought, oh, he's going to lay hands on him, bless him, pray over him, something. And Dad Hagen laid his hand on him and commanded that demon to go and to never return. And from that moment forward, Randall never had another seizure. And and brother Randy said, I sat there and went, Lord, why did that he he wasn't even paying attention. he he didn't it didn't click with him in the moment that that's what Dad Hagen had done. He had noticed at a point later in time that the seizure had never stopped had never come back. And so he went to the Lord, and asked the Lord in prayer, and he said, uh, how come when Dad Hagen cast the demon out, told the demon to stop, it hasn't returned. But when I would do it, the demon would return. And the Lord said, because Dad Hagen told him never to return, to never return. So how much do you know? We learned something. Your authority, commanding. So the question is, is are you com- how much do you know? When you first learned you had authority, you were commanding everything. I used to teach the teenagers about commanding and your power and authority through hiccups. Now, this will sound crazy, but it worked. I used to get hiccups so badly to the point that I have been asked to leave stores because I was disturbing their customers. That bad.
1: I would go two aisles over.
0: Yes. He would hide. He'd pretend he didn't know me. But I learned that I have authority, and I have authority over my own body, so when those hiccups would start, I would lay my hand on my stomach, and I would command the hiccups to stop in Jesus' name. Now, I meant, you know, everything's going to put up a fuss and try to hard to say well it ain't going to work so i'd hiccup one or two more times but then i learned this from brother randy another situation
1: uh the lord had told him she finally got smart and, and laid her hands on herself and commanded them to go and never, never return back yeah and they did it.
0: I, yeah I have, I, I, every once in a while they try to pop down like, oh no 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 but um they, i had learned from another situation that brother randy had been in um, that the Lord had told him, because he was sneezing and snotting everywhere and everything, and the Lord told him, he said, uh, next time that sneeze comes on you, don't allow yourself to sneeze. So I would, so I'd lay my hands on my stomach, and I would command the hiccups to stop, and about the time i go, say, hey, stop, here come one. I could feel it bubbling. And I just finally, just, I, you are not coming out. I don't care. And I'd, and you'd hear a little, um like, nope, I ain't. What was I doing? I was resisting, resisting. I resisted like two, three times, and then that was it. It would stop. So then when I had the teenagers, and the teenagers would get hiccups, I'd make them. i said, lay your hands on your belly. What? i said, lay your hands on your belly. I said, now command it. And they'd go, hiccups stop in the name of Jesus. i like.
1: That's not no. command.
0: No, <laughs> command it like you'd command your little brother or your little sister or whatever. Or your dog. Your dog, whatever. Command it. And then they'd get serious. And then they command it. And I said, now go on about your business. You know, teenagers, they get distracted pretty easy. They go. I said, now go on about your business. And a few minutes later, they come back and they go, Miss Robin, Miss Robin. Oh, what? I didn't have any more hiccups. Or I had two or three. Oh, I know. I know. Why? Because command. Do what Jesus did. I got so, I, listen, I practiced this on my dog. My dog used to get hiccups. They don't get hiccups anymore. They don't get hiccups anymore. They used to get hiccups. I lay my hand on their stomachs and I say, Listen here, you old foul devil, you take your hiccups off my dog and leave in Jesus' name. Never return. All of a sudden, their stomachs would just settle down. We'd be out somewhere with the youth group and here come a bee. Teenagers afraid of bees. It's ridiculous. There come a bee. I even had one teenager one time that would absolute panic over a butterfly. I mean, meltdown panic over a butterfly. And I just look at them, and I just look. I said, just tell that thing to go in Jesus' name. Miss Robbie Day ain't going to work. I look. At it, I said, listen here, you bee. You get out of here in Jesus' name. And, and then a few minutes later, it would come back occasionally, you know, testing. And I point right at it. I said, you listen to me. You old foul, stinking bee. I told you to get out of here in Jesus' name. Now you've got two choices. You can either get out or you can die. Your choice. Now get in Jesus' name. And, go, and he goes last time we saw it. He said, Ha, take life, thank you. I want you to know, even animals know to choose life. I'm out. I spoke to the weather. Spoke to the fog. Spoke to the fog. Spoke to the weather. Listen, I don't drive in bad weather. I don't I don't drive with people too close to me. People get close to me. And I said, Lord, I ask for traveling mercies, and I ask for wide open spaces in front, behind, on both sides, and this is not working right now. He'll say, yes, ma'am, I'm on it. (laughs) Why? Because I'm operating in faith. I'm exercising my faith. So the question, now I've done this since I was a baby. Listen, don't make me come back there. I absolutely dealt with the weather when my roofers were on my roof one day. I had the roofers. We had the roofers come out, and it took some doing to get the roofers but we because cause they're overworked. So we got the roofers out there. Praise the Lord. They're out there, and they're up there on the roof, and they start kind of popping the roof apart and what have you, and we're being all nice, and here comes the rain. And at first it's sprinkling. It's their first
1: day at work, too.
0: Yeah, it's their first day on the job, first day on the job. And so Michael called me later in the day, and he said, honey, how's it going? And I said, mm. There's a slight chance that I might have chased our roofers off. He said, Honey, what did you do? He said, you know how hard it was to get those roofers? I said, I know. I said, Well, here's the situation. I said, They was up there on the roof, and it's a tin roof, and it started to rain. And I said, Well, Lord, it's not right for my roofers to be up there in the rain. And so I command this rain to stop in Jesus' name. And, well, long story short, here come a flood. I said, "Mom was kind of," I said, and Mom was kind of egging me on. I didn't have much choice, and I said, I, "So." And she yeah, said, well, she yeah. looked at me and smiled, and she said, "You know what you got to do." And I said, oh, "Well, that's fine. I'll do it." You know. So I was sitting on the couch, and I commanded, "I see, oh, you stinking!'" And I looked at the weather through the skylight, and I said, "Oh, you stinking foul weather! I commanded you to stop. Now you stop in Jesus' name." And well, he'll come a bigger flood. I thought, "Well, Lord, this is not working." Mom's over there laughing and giggling. She said, You know what you got to do? You know what you got to do? And I said, Mom, why don't you get up and do it? She said, I'm not the one that commanded the weather. <laughs> I said, Well, okay. I'm talking about what are you believing for? And I said, So, I said, okay, fine. Well, in that house, that front door weighed about weighs about 300 pounds, 250, 300 pounds. It's a big door. When it rains, it swells, and you got to kind of line back or it. You kind of got to put your shoulder into it and huff it to get it to open. And when it opens, it makes a noise like, like, you know, and so, so she says, you know what you got to do. I said, okay. So I looked out the big picture window and I didn't see the roofers anywhere. And I thought, okay, now's my opportunity. So I hit the door to get it to come open and it's raining a fairly good rain right now, but not too severe. And I opened the door and I stepped out about a half, of like one leg out. And I looked up and I pointed up and I mean, bold and loud, I live in the middle of nowhere. Bold and loud, I said, now you listen here, you foul, stinking weather. If the prophet of God can speak to the rain and it not rain for three years, you can, I can speak to you and you have to listen for a day. Now you stop and desist in Jesus' name. I've got roofers out here and they got a job to do, so stop it in Jesus' name. And about that time, I heard something fall in the roofer's trailer and I looked. And there was my head roofer man in the trailer. He heard and saw everything. And I just said, just just trying to be helpful. And then I went to close the door and kind of turned, and here come his worker around the other corner. And he just kind of looking at me like a cow at a new gate. And I was just, all right, well, y'all, have a nice day. So Rain is going to stop and kind of backed into the house. And
1: well, I don't know what's going to happen
0: here. So about 15-20 minutes later not a raindrop in the sky the sun is out it's beautiful (laughs) It's pretty as can be we thought mom and I thought that we had heard the roofers get in the truck and leave while it was raining. So we thought well they missed it but it's okay. And about five minutes later I heard on the back door and mom and I both big eyes okay so I go to the back door and there is my head roofer guy and he's got his ball cap off and in his hand and he's kind of rubbing the rim of it and he's going um ma'am ma'am by our uh, estimation as far as we know it and understand it 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 it, it's, it's probably gonna rain a little more today at least that's what we think but um so if it's okay with you We're just going to go ahead and knock off for today, and uh, we'll we'll be back when the weather's okay and and when we can fit you into the schedule because they were fitting us in. And I said, oh, no, that's fine. That'll be fine. Not a problem at all. He said, "Uh, but but we do appreciate you praying for us because we never had nobody do that for us before. And I said, oh, that's okay. No problem. And quickly he left. And quickly they got in their vehicles and left. So I told Michael the story, and I said, I don't know if they're gonna be back or not. He said, "Honey." I said, "Well, what am I gonna?" Well, good news—they came back. They fit it. I mean, they didn't just come back. They came back. They, they fixed they our back, roof.
1: They came back pretty much the next day, and they were there every day until that roof was done.
0: They got. They did they, that roof. They did our woodshed roof. They did our garden roof. They did our shack roof. They re. They rebraced our basement doors. They did. A, I mean, they. They said we just like being here. What else can we do so well, <laughs> because we talked about God and everything else, so um, these are just some examples of you know how much do you know when you're young in the lord you'll do crazy things well, when you get older in the lord, you've got to get your crazy back you got to get your you've got to get your first love back you've got to go after God like you used to go after him, and if you'll do that you'll find I guarantee you if you'll if you'll go after God like you did in the beginning I flat guarantee you your prayers that you've been praying and believing now will begin to come to pass a whole lot faster a whole lot faster because it's the father's desire to uh f- to, to answer your prayers but the problem is is we get complacent the problem is is we don't Believe like we once believed. How much do you know? I just, I, I know we're got time, but how much do you know? You know, when you first believed God, when you were first believing God for stuff, how much do you know? You talked to God about that thing all, all day, every day. Father, I'm just reminding you, I'm believing for that house. Father, I'm just reminding you, I'm believing for the car to be repaired. Father, I'm just reminding you, I'm believing for that sickness to be gone. Father, I'm just, how much do you know? All day long, every day. Why? Because it was such weight because it was you desired that thing so much, but now we go, "Oh, Father, I don't just pray one time and then just thank you for it from there, and you just kind of get into this ritual and and there's no actual there's no heart in it, and therefore it takes a whole lot longer to get your prayers answered. Gotcha,
1: so the Lord was showing me something while we were going along tonight. Well, I was chatting. Yeah, you know, <laughs> very quick here. So when you'll notice that that in the scriptures that Robbie read, they start out with "verily, verily." Well, it, as you may or may not know, whenever in the in the Bible, it's important when um, when when a word is repeated, it it it's not just you know adding it up. It's multiplying. It's like a factor. You know, like when when you say you're multiplying it by itself so that 's a factor so when so when the Bible says verily verily that's that's super important it's it's mm-hmm. super important, and of course, generally that was when Jesus was speaking, he would say verily verily and so what 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 the Lord pointed out to me is that whenever you see verily verily it 's now not always because it depends on the, on what they 're talking about uh, but but when he says verily, verily, you, you could do worse than to consider that a commandment. Mm -hmm. You know, because like it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth in me the works that I do, shall he do also. That's a commandment. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could take that as a commandment. On the other hand, and and this is why I say not always, because over in in John 13, in verse 38, uh, Jesus was talking to uh, Peter, and he said, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? verily verily i say unto thee the cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice now that's not really a commandment to us no, but, it, but it was but, something but, to uh, pay a
0: lot of attention but to
1: but it, but but it was he was speaking from the spirit he was yeah. saying this is going to happen yeah. it was basically a commandment but not to us right
0: well it he, 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 it wasn't so much a commandment to to peter as much as as it was a um this is Jesus had seen into the future and, and knew what was going to occur, and he was letting Peter know, "Hey, Peter, this is what's going on," you know. Um, so, so you just kind of got to know that when Jesus says, "Verily, verily," this is important. But
1: basically, what I'm saying is, when you're important. reading in the word and you see "verily, verily," you better pay attention to what it's saying.
0: Yeah, yeah, because
1: it's super important.
0: Glory to God. Well, you got two sermons tonight. Two sermons. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love and your mercy. Father, we thank you for, your gen- for, for just your goodness, Father God. And, Father, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do in Jesus' mighty name. And, Father, I ask that you stir the hearts of your people to begin to believe once again, to begin to stand and go back to their first love, and, Father, to, to go after you like they once did. Because, Father, I know it's your desire to reach them Um, right where they are and to father it's your desire to bless them it's your father to meet the need and so father we just ask um, that you get that revelation down on the inside of them so that you can have the desires of your heart and as you fulfill the desires of our hearts and father as we give our tithes and our offerings tonight father we just ask that you just pour out such a blessing upon your people that they'll not be able to contain it all father i thank you That as we're faithful with our tithes, as we're faithful with our offerings, Father God, that you will just, oh, Father God, bless them beyond blessings. Now, Satan, you take your grubby hands off their finances and off of every area of their life. You release all that belongs to them in Jesus' mighty name ministering angels go according to the word cause the increase to come and in jesus mighty name and father we thank you and we give you honor and we give you glory and we give you praise in jesus mighty name and all god's people said amen amen and amen father we thank you for divine increase now listen i'm telling you we got we're dismissed but i'm telling you god's going to take us into some good and great things if we'll get back to loving him like we're supposed to amen Amen and amen. We got a service Sunday morning, Sunday evening, prayer Saturday morning at eight a.m. Prayer for the nation. How much do you know? The nation needs it. The nation needs it.